It feels like it's taken an age, but it's official. Ben White is a gooner. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be reacting to the announcement. Ben White is an Arsenal player. It's finally done. We've got the pictures. We've got the announcement. We've got the bits and pieces from Edu, from Arteta. Lots to dig into as we continue reacting to the signing of Ben White. We've known it's been in the pipeline for a while. We've been talking about it a lot. Lots of us been questioning what on earth the holdup was, but it's finally done. It's been announced. Ben White has signed for Arsenal from Brighton and Hove Albion for a fee believed to be around £50 million. So, um, initial feelings, I'm obviously delighted. It was one of those sign-ins and one of those pursuits, if you like, that at the beginning, I was a little bit unsure about. As you guys will know, I did wonder if £50 million was a little bit excessive uh, for somebody who's got, you know, not a great deal of experience in the Premier League. I know Ben White had a really good time with Leeds United in the Championship um, the season before last. He was very, very good. But last season was his first season playing regularly in the Premier League. And he did a, a relatively good job. A good job, you know, in terms of what you can do playing for Brighton, who are obviously one of the weaker sides in the division. And I think it's clear that his qualities are... Obviously, the fact that he's very good on the ball, very comfortable on the ball. He seems really intelligent. He is your modern day centre-back. He is the type of centre-back that the modern day elite coaches will look at and say he's got all the attributes you want. Now, obviously, he's got to continue improving. He's got to take it up to a new level and he's got to uh, prove that playing at a club like Arsenal, where there is an immense amount of pressure to deliver and to perform week in, week out, he can live up to that expectation and that height. I think what's stood Ben White in good stead was his time at Leeds. Now, I know Leeds were in the championship at the time and it's a completely different level of football, but there was that level of expectation at Leeds, wasn't there, where they needed to get promoted, especially after what had happened the season previous to that. And that's an environment that will be not too dissimilar from the one he's going to come into at Arsenal, where everybody's eyes are on him. He's going to be in the the spotlight a lot more playing for one of the big, big clubs. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those signings where, as I said at the beginning, I was a little bit like, well, this is a lot of money. In fact, this is way too much money. I also acknowledge and understand that there is an English tax, as Yusuf has described it in the, um, in the comment section, where whereby when you want to sign an English player, a British player, a homegrown player, you do normally end up having to pay a little bit more than probably what their career to date has uh, has shown them to be worth. But that's just the way it is. And we'll go on to talk about what Edu and Mikel Arteta have had to say about the signing in just a moment. But I am pleased about this one. As I say, at the beginning, I was on the fence a little bit about it. Um, but this one, I'm positive about. I think it's exactly the type of player Arsenal need in terms of his age, in terms of what he could potentially go on and achieve. I think he is someone that will be here for the long term. I think he is someone that if he does go on to really good things in Arsenal, you know, are in a position, God forbid, where they need to sell him. You could still do that. He will hold his sell on value. So I think from a business perspective and from a footballing perspective, this is a really, really worthwhile investment from Arsenal. And it's a smart signing, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I'm 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 pleased, but it's hard to kind of be like really over the top pleased when we've had so much time to process this. I've made my feelings known on Ben White in the weeks leading up to this because we knew that the deal was was just around the corner. I think what's really important to note as well is that Ben White has been heavily linked with a number of the other top Premier League clubs. And I know Liverpool in particular uh, were a club that uh, that Ben White um, 
had attracted the interest of. I'd spoken to some Liverpool fans who were really big on the idea and who were adamant and certain that Ben White was going to be Virgil van Dijk's partner at Anfield next season. But actually, Arsenal have managed to steal in there and Arsenal have managed to do this deal. And it's a little bit of a coup for Arsenal when you consider how wanted Ben White is. Now, you know, I don't know if these other clubs that I'm talking about were willing to stretch themselves as far as £50 million. And that's probably what's done it for Arsenal in the end. But look, if you want the player, uh, you've got to pay what the, the selling club are asking. And Arsenal have looked at Ben White, have assessed the Ben White situation, have decided that we do need a centre-back um, and and decided that he fits the bill and he's the right man. And as I've said, there's a number of other boxes that he ticks uh, in terms of his age, in terms of uh, you know the fact that he's got Premier League experience, that he's homegrown, those things all matter. But more importantly for me, he's the type of player that would fit into what Mikel Arteta is trying to do. There's ball progression, which has been a big problem for us, especially without David Luiz in the side. And we know that he's left the club now. So beyond that, you know, you don't really trust Rob Holding, I don't think, to do that. I don't really trust Gabriel to do that effectively enough either. And uh, and so Ben White will fill that role. I think he's also very capable of carrying the ball out of the defence, which is, again, important when you want to make that extra man in midfield when you're in possession and try and create those overloads so that you can uh, dominate and outplay sides. The other thing, um, the other thing you've got to say about Ben White is that he seems a very, very intelligent young man um, with a, you know, with a really good football brain. And that's going to be important because Arteta is a lot more tactical than managers we've had in years gone by in terms of how specific he is around the way that his team or, or that he wants his team to play the game. Uh, he's got the number four shirt, as some of you are, are talking about in the uh, in the chat box. Which you know is 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 a great number. Obviously, some legends have worn that number in the past. For me, most notably, uh, the great Patrick Vieira. I think obviously the number was was initially given to William Saliba, wasn't it? And now William Saliba is not at the club. He's on loan at Marseille for the season. It looks like his chance of securing the Arsenal number four for the long term has completely gone now because I don't see Ben White going anywhere uh, for at least a few years now. Really positive about this signing. Um, I think it's a good signing. I think it's a smart signing. I think it's a sign that Arsenal, in terms of their recruitment policy, are moving in the right direction. Uh, so I am really delighted about it. Let's go over and have a look at what Arteta said, what Edu had to say as well. And then we'll come on to talk about a few other subjects and get some of your thoughts uh, in the comments section below. Now, let me just share the screen as we head over to arsenal.com for those of you who are watching us uh, via the YouTube video. Uh, technical director Edu said, uh, Ben has been a key target this summer. He has so many qualities, which makes us so excited he's joining us. Ben's a young English player with a great future. He's very strong defensively, good on the ball with a great passing range. We're delighted Ben signed and we look forward to him growing with us. Mikel Arteta said the following, Ben was a top target for us and it's great that we've completed his signing. Ben has been educated with two very good clubs, Brighton and Leeds in recent seasons. He's benefited well from two very good coaching setups and has shown with both Brighton and on loan with Leeds what a strong talent he is. He's an intelligent defender who's very comfortable with the ball at his feet and his style fits perfectly with us. And of course, he's still young. So his age and profile fits with what we're building here. We are all looking forward to Ben being central to our future long-term plans. He also goes on to say and confirm that he will be wearing that number four shirt. Um, and it also says that he will immediately join up with his teammates ahead of the Mind Series friendly match at home to Chelsea on Sunday. So I wonder if those of us attending the game on Sunday will get our first glimpse of Ben White in action in an Arsenal shirt. Really looking forward to it. Uh, fingers crossed that is to be the case. Now, Again, just to kind of summarise, really pleased with the signing. It's the right profile of signing. I agree with Mikel Arteta on what he's saying there. And it, again, is one of these things that kind of shows and proves that this project that is currently happening at Arsenal, whether you agree with it or not, whether you think it is going in the right direction or not, is one that the club are willing to back. And the fact that they've spent £50 million on this defender. But it's also one that kind of shows that the club themselves have acknowledged that this is a long-term rebuild. And maybe um, 
you will be a fan sitting out there saying, well, this is not the way to go. This is not the route in which we want to go down. Maybe you don't agree with it, but this is what Arsenal are doing. This is what the Cronkies are doing. They're backing Mikel Arteta um, with the money and, and only time's going to tell if it's right or wrong uh, to be taking this route. But I just want to, I want to get away from the, the KSE out talk all the time because yes, we want them to go. And I don't mind people campaigning for them to go, but do it in the right way. Campaign about the things that are actually issues. Um, and and for me, talking about them, the club not spending money on transfers is not an issue because they have spent money. They are spending money. So don't don't dilute the, the protest and dilute what it is we're trying to achieve with regards to the Cronkies by putting sort of false issues in there because the money is being spent. We've just seen them or the club, I know it's the club, but it's their club, isn't it? Give Mikel Arteta £50 million, essentially, to go and bring in a young defender that he sees as the future of Arsenal Football Club. So there are plenty of other issues, countless issues, in fact, that we should be campaigning about. But money, spending money, is not necessarily uh, at the top of the list for me, I've got to say. And this proves that. So welcome to the Arsenal, Ben White. Uh, big welcome uh, to Carrie, who's uh, just signed up as a member. I think you're already a member, Carrie. So welcome back, if that is the case. Uh, I can see lots of you asking me about the Granite Xhaka stuff, and we'll come on to talk about that a little bit more in uh, just a few minutes' time. But let's start off by rounding up a couple of other bits and pieces. Uh, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek believes his chances of taking over Arsenal Football Club have been boosted by the fact that the Cronkies are currently involved in a mega money court case. Now, of course, Daniel Ek had an offer of £1.8 billion, supposedly rejected uh, back in May, I think it was. But he's confident that this deal can go through and that he can force the Cronkies into selling because... Apologies, because of their high profile court case, which is currently ongoing against the city of St. Louis. Now, of course, KSE picked up the Rams uh, and took them to L.A., which uh, the city are now seeking compensation for, which is said to be around about 700 million pounds. That's what they're looking for. So if the KSE uh, enterprise, if that's what you want to call them, um, are uh, are looking to. Um, are looking to, you know, um, are, are, well, if they lose the case, basically, sorry, I got distracted reading one of the comments there. Um, if they do lose the case and they are forced to pay something like 700 million pounds out, then Daniel Ek believes that would force uh, the guys into uh, considering his offer for Arsenal Football Club, which is really, really interesting. So his not going away, Daniel Ek. And I've said from the very outset, haven't we, that this is going to be a long-term thing. If he is going to acquire the club, it's going to take time. It's going to take uh, years probably before he can do that. But the fact that Arsenal are spending money and the fact that Arsenal are embarking on what looks to be a longer-term project at the moment doesn't really give me any encouragement that they are actually uh, planning to move on. Look, I want them to move on as much as anybody. I really, really do. It's just... What happens is every time the, the KSE out movement gathers momentum, this is what happens. We all unite finally on a subject, and that is that we want them out of our club. Everybody gets together. Everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. And then the summer comes. And those who, in my opinion, are not shouting for the right things, i.e. shouting for them to be more accountable, to take more interest, uh, to appoint the right people to run the football club. Those are the real issues with the Cronkies. Their passive ownership style is a big problem for me. But you get these this group of our fan base that all they care about is, is, uh, is money being spent. And so you can lead up to the summer after the Super League proposal collapsed, and lots of people were, were protesting for the right reasons, but there were some people that were stuck, weren't they, on the spend some money, spend some money kind of rhetoric. And then the summer comes and they go and spend uh, £50 million on a centre-back, on a young centre-back. And they kill the money argument straight away. So you've got to, your protest and your argument has to be stronger than that is the point I'm trying to make here. And... Um, as long as we don't lose sight of what we're actually trying to achieve with the Cronkies, 
then we probably can over time get them out. But if we're going to keep going back to the money thing, it's not the money. It never has been the money, right? The recruitment is bad because they've appointed the wrong people in the wrong position. So their running of the, the club has, has been wrong. And the the appointments that they have made have not had a positive impact. That's bad management. It's not about not spending money. That's the point I'm trying to make. It is deeper than that. So don't get sucked into the spend some fucking money argument. The argument that they just go every summer and shut us up with. So, you know, that's my, um, that's my take on that. Anyway, let's uh, continue. I want to talk a little bit about Willian because, of course, Willian is being rumoured uh, to be on his way out of the club. Now, there are various sources reporting that Willian is close to agreeing a deal with the Saudi side, Al Ali. Now, I don't know um, how reliable that information uh, is because there are, um, you know, a number of sources reporting it. I don't know from which it originated, but it is being reported by multiple outlets, mainly coming out of the Middle East, um, which suggests that it's come from the Al Ali side. So, don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I know a lot of fans would be uh, absolutely delighted when they'd see the back of Willian. And the other thing I wanted to just talk about before we go into your questions and we talk a little bit more about that Granite Shaka thing that we discussed earlier on, uh, I want to talk about Gabriel Martinelli. Now, there's been a myth, in my opinion, anyway, over the last six months or so. And it's been a, a myth and a story that's been kind of carried by the anti-Arteta brigade, where it's Mikel Arteta doesn't like Gabriel Martinelli. He never wants to give him a chance. He can't stand the kid, etc., etc. Martinelli's unhappy, and that means he's going to leave. That's, you know, I've heard that so many times from people saying, why isn't he given more chances? Why isn't he given more opportunities? Well, interestingly, Martinelli, speaking to the Brazilian press, has actually revealed the contrary. He is very, very happy working under Mikel Arteta. He's called him one of the best coaches in the world. He's talked about how much of a positive impact he's had on him, how much he's learned from him, etc., etc. And he also went on to talk about the injury that he suffered. Now, of course, Gabriel Martinelli picked up a bad knee injury and returned kind of midway through last season. And at that point, there were Arsenal fans out there, weren't they, saying, well, why isn't Martinelli playing more? And I constantly banged the drum about the fact that this is a young kid who's just come back from a very, very severe injury. And he needs to be given time to get back to fitness, that he needs to be brought back up to speed in a way that reduces and minimalizes the risk of that injury reoccurring. Because you get a second one of those injuries, you've got a serious problem. So for me, um, Gabriel Martinelli was brought back in the right way, gradually, slowly, and towards the back end of the, of the season. I think he featured in nine of our last 10 games. So he, he started to get a look in, which was brilliant. Now, uh, he also talked about the club and how the club doctors uh, planned to deal with his recovery. And he's revealed that actually it was uh, a, a decision from all of them together that was made on the fact that he should be brought back into things slowly. And he described it as a cautious return. That's what he's called it. And that's why he uh, he says that he wasn't uh, involved as much as... Um, as much as uh, some people would have liked. And he says he's very thankful to those doctors because he's feeling great now and he's got his confidence back because, of course, he talked about having recovered from an injury like that. When you do first return, there is that little bit of fear, isn't there, that that injury is going to reoccur and you're going to be up shit street. So he's uh, praised Arteta, he's praised the doctors, and I'm looking forward to a really, really... Uh, exciting season with regards to Gabriel Martinelli, one of our favourite players at the Arsenal, and I can't wait to see him uh, take things up a level. Let's say a big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat right now. There's over 333 of you watching live. Uh, so please, if you haven't done so already, click the like button. It really, really does help the video. It really helps it get out to more people and gets the channel uh, out into the open that little bit more as well. There's only 53 likes on the board, but if one third of you hit the like button, we should hit 100, which will be fantastic. Please do so uh, right away. It really does help. And subscribe to the channel if you're new. Just quickly before I dive into your questions and comments in the chat box, 
A reminder that this show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to Manscaped.com. Check out their fantastic range of products. Uh, They range from uh, shavers to ball deodorant to all sorts of wonderful and weird things. Uh, But it's great stuff. Uh, Really good products. Really good quality. Uh, the battery on the lawnmower as well, the trimmer that is, seems to last forever. It's really, really good stuff, and it can deal with even the most uh, hostile of of, uh, of forests. Is that a good way of putting it? I don't know. Anyway, you know what I mean. Check it out, manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is 90min20, and you'll receive 20% off of your order as well as free worldwide shipping. So do head over to manscaped.com. Okay, let's uh, tackle some of your questions. Uh, Start getting them in the chat box. Put the queue at the beginning and uh, we'll take some of those. We'll also talk a little bit about the Granite Shaka thing again afterwards because um, there has been so much reaction to that since I recorded uh, the last episode, which dropped literally it went live 10 minutes after that news broke and we reacted to it then. Uh, but a lot of you have been having your say on that news that Granit Xhaka could be offered a new contract by Arsenal. And uh, a lot of you are very, very unhappy about it. I just want to say a couple of bits on this because, and, and it'll give you guys a chance to get your questions in the chat because it is really, really frustrating for me. We've talked about the fact that 20 million, which was Arsenal's asking price, was was probably not enough for Granit Xhaka. Then there was an acceptance from all of us that he probably wants to go. And it's just he's at a, a point in his career and at a point, especially with our fan base, where he can do no right. So move him on. Now, Roma are not willing to pay that asking price. And so in my opinion, Arsenal are right not to budge on that. Arsenal were right not to be bullied into selling him on the cheap just because Roma are cash-strapped. Then there's the issue of, well, should he be offered a new contract? Well, you don't want to lose players on free transfers, but you don't want to see Arsenal protecting their assets by offering them new contracts. You want to see a rebuild, but you don't have the patience for a rebuild. You want the recruitment to be smarter, but you want Arsenal to be to sign every single player that we're linked with. You don't want to be pushovers in negotiations, but you do want Arsenal to accept derisory offers for some of their most important players. There is a section of the Arsenal fan base right now that will never be satisfied because they don't want Mikel Arteta at the club. They don't want KSC at the club, which is fair enough. But they there, there are so many reasons that kind of fuel this negative agenda that comes across all the time. And it's so boring. It's so draining. I'm honestly, you put a tweet out. Like I put a tweet out earlier on. And if I read you some of the replies that I've got on this tweet, um, you would cringe at some of them. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and th- there was a couple of tweets I put out. The first one I said, I've always said Xhaka is underappreciated at Arsenal and that's never gone down well with some. But I'll ask you this. Why should we accept below his market value? We've been a soft touch in the market for years. And from that perspective, we're right not to be bullied into a sale. I also said offering Xhaka a new deal allows the club to den- delay sorry, signing another starting midfielder, even if just for a season and protects his sell-on value. Giving him a new contract doesn't necessarily mean he'll be at the heart of our midfield for years to come. It's business. And I think that is exactly the point. It is business. When you're talking about giving Granit Xhaka a new contract, you're talking about protecting your asset. Now, some of you have, have come back at me and said, well, he's not even worth 20 million now. Nobody will pay 20 million for him now. So how is it protecting his uh, his value? Well, Obviously, a player is worth more with a contract than without a contract. If a year down the line, Granit Xhaka's market value is £10 million, the fact that he'll be in his last year of his contract will reduce that even further. So it doesn't make sense, um, you know, to to let that contract run down. It, it just doesn't make sense. Then uh, I, I saw on Twitter, Tom Canton from Laguna Talk, he made a really good point as well. Um in reply to one of the threads that I was involved in. And he said, Granit Xhaka is not exactly the type of player who's going to lose his pace. He doesn't have any in the first place. So his value in theory shouldn't dip that that much, Um, especially if he's got the contract and especially if that is there. Now, 
that whatever way you look at it, Granite Xhaka with more years on his contract is worth more than Granite Xhaka in the last year of his contract. So it is protecting the asset if you do that. The issue is don't give him a stupid contract. Don't give him an OTT contract that then limits you in what else you want to do. But it's not crazy to have looked at the transfer market this summer and and realised that in order to improve on Granite Xhaka, we're going to have to double what we get in for him, maybe even more than double it. And actually, if if he's okay with staying, then he didn't do a bad job last season. He can continue while Lukonga develops alongside Thomas Partey. And then we can sign a number 10, sign the right back that we need, sign the goalkeeper that we need. And then we can address that next time around. I don't think that's crazy from Arsenal. A lot of people do. But for me, it makes, okay, it's not the ideal scenario. It's not what I wanted, but it's not crazy. And it does make sense if you look at it in the right way. Right. Let's take some of those questions. If you've dropped the question in and I've, and it's gone right up in the chat, drop it in again, because I'm going to start picking them up now. And the chat has really moved on. Um, What else have we got here? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. What are we going to pick? Um, hold on a second. Just scrolling through. There's so many comments. Um, okay. Okay. Let's do this. Uh, Josh Hunter says, do you think we will sign a right back? Um, I wasn't sure if we were going to sign a right back. I think if we, I think it's dependent on what other business we do. I think if we do decide to keep Granite Xhaka, then obviously that's a big, um, that's a big sort of investment that we don't need to make necessarily in the midfield, which would then free up funds, wouldn't it? Uh, to do the right back signing work. So yeah, I think, I think it's dependent basically on what we do elsewhere. Um, there was a good question about Ben White here uh, from someone. Here we go. Mohammed says, what are Ben White's main attributes? How do you think Arteta will use him? I think he'll use him as that uh, progressive centre-back, the one of the two that is a little bit more free in terms of being able to step into the midfield and looking to progress the ball. Uh, obviously, Arsenal like playing out from the back, and I think that Ben White is well-equipped to do that. Uh, so those are the main things I think he'll bring to the side, as well as being a very smart defender and someone who's uh, going to improve. Um, let's see what else we've got. Irish Silk 14 says, Harry, why not tell the truth? Our club is screwed. Again, look, I, I, I'm not happy to see Arsenal in eighth place, right? People have this misconception that when I say that I, you know, uh, like, for example, that I don't think keeping Granite Xhaka is the craziest thing in the world. That doesn't mean that I want the club to do badly. It doesn't mean that I don't recognise that Arsenal are not where they need to be. But you know, you can not support a regime, i.e. the Cronkies, but still agree with some of the decisions that are made along the way. Others you'll disagree with, and that's why you want them out primarily. But there will be some things that I don't think are wrong. And I don't think that having looked at the market, I mean, look, we've talked a lot about players to come in in the midfield, okay, in, in that position. Who's the ones we've talked about? Lots of people bang on about Yves Bissouma, okay? Is he the right profile of player in terms of what Mikel Arteta, the current manager, whether you like him or loathe him, is he is Bissouma the right type of player to do that role? In my opinion, he's not. Manuel Locatelli is, but Manuel Locatelli is Juventus bound. He doesn't want to join Arsenal. So on the one hand, I've got um, you know, Arsenal fans saying, well, let's not get Manuel Locatelli. Let's not keep trying for Locatelli because he doesn't want to play for the football club. And on the other hand, you've got people outraged uh, that, that we're not signing. It's just, it's, it's impossible to, to find a balance. Then you've got Ruben Neves, who in my personal opinion is a slight upgrade on Granite Xhaka. And I've always said this, it's not a massive upgrade. He is an upgrade because in my opinion, he's a little bit more mobile, but outside of that, I don't think he brings much more to the table and he's going to cost in excess of 35 million pounds. So if you can't get 20 million, even for Granite Xhaka as a football club, you're looking and you're saying, well, is Nevis that much better? Is he worth double the money, essentially? And the answer is no, for sure. So why are we going to essentially go and fork out all that money when we've got other positions that need addressing, when we could keep hold of Granite Xhaka for one more season, actually did quite well last time out, and we can look to address that further down the line? That's the way I think the club are looking at it. And I, again, I don't completely agree with it, but I don't think it's mad 
that Arsenal are looking at it that way. And I don't think it's crazy and something that they should be dug out about. Uh, let's pick up some more uh, comments from the chat box. Hold on a second. Um, what have we got here? Amaya says, if Xhaka stays and we do sign Odegaard, we're looking at the same starting eleven with the only inclusion of Ben White. Do you think that's a good summer for us? It will be a little bit of an underwhelming summer. Mike was on the podcast with me yesterday and he was talking about the fact that what's frustrated him and what's underwhelmed him a little bit about this window so far is that we haven't really improved on the starting eleven. And we discussed that Ben White was coming in and we know that and we know that he's probably going to walk into that starting 11. But for me, Arsenal's actual first choice 11 wasn't the biggest issue last season. I think the issue was when we had periods where we were without certain players, we were without Thomas Partey for large periods, without sufficient cover, people good enough to replace him, in my opinion. I never thought Danny Sabas really did it at Arsenal. He was a little bit up and down in terms of his performance levels, very inconsistent. I don't particularly rate Mohamed Elneny. Then we had a period where we had to put Granit Xhaka at left back. We were without Kieran Tierney. So there you're not only taken away from the midfield, but you're taken away from the left back position as well. We had issues with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. For me, Arsenal's biggest problem last season was not necessarily the first 11. It was beyond that. And I think what Arsenal were doing is looking to add some players, of course, that will enhance that first 11, but also looking to enhance the squad in that now we have a left-back in Nuno Tavares that could come in in the event Kieran Tierney is unavailable. Albert Lekonga, in my opinion, is an upgrade on Danny Ceballos and he's an upgrade on Mohamed Elneny. So you've improved in the midfield. It's not just about the starting 11 for me when looking at what Arsenal fell short on last season. I think it was deeper than that. And I think we were unfortunate in a lot of... Uh, areas in a lot of ways. And I think having that greater squad depth, if not numbers wise, in terms of quality is, is really important in a league like the Premier League. Um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Jonathan says, what is your thoughts on Arsenal stripping the number four shirt from Saliba, 30 million pound signing for Ben White? Well, if you're going to take it away from a 30 million pound signing, it's got to be uh, for a 50 uh, million pound signing, hasn't it? <laughs> and and that's what it is for me. You know, um, look, forget about the number. I know to a lot of people, the numbers are significant, but Ben White is somebody who's going to come in and be part of the first team and needs a first team number. He's a young English star who um, had a good season last season and he's only going to get better. And Ben White will be a huge marketing tool for Arsenal Football Club as well. He's English, he's homegrown. That means something. And you'll sell a lot more Ben White shirts than you will William Saliba shirts. Bearing in mind, William Saliba's Arsenal future is not even guaranteed. So I don't blame the club for doing that. And I think it's good to see Ben White given a number like that. It indicates how important he is uh, in Mikel Arteta and the club's eyes moving forward. Um, let's see what else we've got. Um, da -da 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 -da. Uh, Jean, Jean René uh, says, big up, Harry. Uh, do you think it's possible to extend Xhaka and get Madison slash Odegaard? Anouar Gimaresh slash Locatelli. Wow, that's ambitious. Um, I don't think, I think if Arsenal do extend Granit Xhaka's contract, they won't bring in another uh, central midfielder or one that's at least ready to start. Now, I think Arsenal probably, even if they do keep Xhaka, need to bring a midfielder in. The point I'm trying to make here is that I don't think it needs to be as high profile a midfielder. And it can be someone in the mould of Lokonga, who again is with a view to the future. and um, and uh, has got that little bit of leeway to develop. Uh, Nikomo says, uh, I'm personally tired of the Arsenal fan circus forever complaining and not supporting. Maybe it's just the online people. I, I think you're right there, mate. Um, it's not everyone. It has to be said. But there is a there is a desire to be outraged at every turn nowadays. Nobody can have a an opinion that isn't completely to the one way or completely to the other way. It's... Um, it's, it's, it's for example, for some reason, everybody has to be one extreme or the other, which is really frustrating. Uh, Colin Young says, oh, yay, more marketing tools for the Cronkies. Come on, man, Harry, what is going on with you? This is awful. Thank you very much, first of all. But what on earth do you think that I gain um, 
by sharing my honest opinions about the football club from the Cronkies. They don't even know I exist and you're making it out as though I am I am a mouthpiece for KSE. They don't even know I exist, mate. It, just because my opinion is not uh, fuck this and fuck that and get this person out and get that person out and I'm not making up nicknames uh, for our own players and poking fun at them at every opportunity does not mean I'm a mouthpiece for KSE. Um, it is, it, you're well off the mark. I want probably more than most people in this chat, Arsenal to do well, Arsenal to succeed. And, um, and, and I acknowledge that the Cronkies need to go, but I'm not going to have a go at them about spending money when the club have just spent 50 million pound on a centre back that most of us would have said isn't worth 50 million pounds. So they've obviously gone above and beyond financially to get that deal done. A deal that the manager thinks is the right one to take the team forward. So there we go. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, uh, hold on a second. Uh, Chris says, uh, Harry, are you accepting another seventh place finish with Xhaka as the main midfielder? Who said I'm accepting a seventh place finish? You've literally made that up. Uh, people are literally making it up. Uh, into Yanan says, uh, armchair managers, uh, going back at my tweet earlier on where I said, love it. Oh, the fire's coming now. The fire's coming. Let me bring up that tweet and I'll show you guys exactly what I said. I said, here we go. Because some of us acknowledge Jack had a good season last time out and an impressive Euro 2020. We're the reason Arsenal aren't in the Champions League. Some of our so-called fans are genuinely embarrassing. The armchair managers are out in full force this afternoon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, stick by what I was saying. Um, in terms of armchair managers, you've got you've got Arsene Wenger, the club's greatest ever manager, one of the greatest managers the game has ever seen. Granit Xhaka was the first name on his team sheet. Unai Emery, who now that Mikel Arteta is in charge, lots of you have all of a sudden uh, fallen in love with and feel was really harshly done by, had Granit Xhaka as one of the first names on his team sheet. Mikel Arteta has Granit Xhaka as one of the first names on his team sheet. And Mikel Arteta, um, you know, is is not the first one uh, to, uh, you know, to, to back Granit Xhaka. Now, why is it that we as fans feel we are more qualified to, to judge a player? When we were watching the Euro 2020, so many pundits were watching Granit Xhaka play for Switzerland and saying, hold on a minute. This guy, he ain't that bad. What are these lot been talking about all season? And you know why pundits were shocked? Granit Xhaka didn't do anything at the Euros that he hadn't been doing in an Arsenal shirt during last season. But do you know why the pundits were shocked? Because of our fan base. Because of our fan base making a player out, one of our own, who we should be supporting, who should, we should be behind, who we should be backing every time he puts on an Arsenal shirt. We were making him out to be a villain. We were making him out to be this terrible footballer. It's embarrassing. You wouldn't catch Liverpool fans, for example, slating one of their own the way that we do. They might say someone's not good enough, but they stick together. And you, there, there are many clubs that back their players to a tilt, and that helps. That creates support. That creates a unity. Sometimes it creates a siege mentality, us against the world. That's how it used to be in Arsene Wenger's glory days. You used to slag off one of our players. Fuck you. We're not having it. We wouldn't let it happen. And now we've got Arsenal fans who constantly, constantly, constantly berate our own players. And that for me is embarrassing. And that has been created by this online culture of people being able to say whatever they want without any accountability. It's disgusting. And there are so many people um, that call themselves Arsenal supporters that for me don't deserve to see the team successful, don't deserve the glory because you are not supporters. Yeah, you can have your opinion on a player. You can say you don't think he's good enough. You can say you don't like his style. You can say you want us to replace him. And that is absolutely fine. But the minute you turn on your own players and turn them into, um, you know, figures to poke fun at, it, 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 what are you doing? You're no longer supporting the club. You're a supporter, not the manager, not the chairman, not an executive. You're a supporter. And as Mint says in the chat, Arsenal Football Club, if you're a supporter, it's unconditional love. That's exactly what it is. And it's what it should be. That's what a supporter does. They support their club through thick and thin. 
They acknowledge when things aren't right. They understand that things aren't where they want to be, but they don't make fun of our players. And then by the same token, half of you are sitting there moaning that we've only sold Gwendouzi for £8 million and we're only going to sell this player for that much. And nobody wants Bellerin and nobody wants Shaka. Why? Because we have devalued them. Because we've spent the last two years slagging them off week in, week out. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And Inter says, getting your pants pulled down by the club more. Like, it's not getting my pants pulled down. I choose to support Arsenal. I choose to go and watch Arsenal. I choose to part with the money that I earn from hard work to go and watch Arsenal Football Club. If I don't want to go, nobody's putting a gun to my head. Right? I go because I enjoy it, because I love it, because it's what I want to do. And I'm a supporter because I support. And yes, there will be times where I'll be unhappy with stuff and I'll make my feelings known about that. But to publicly bash our own players and publicly almost devalue them by taking the piss out of them to the point where Ali McCoist was on ITV football during the Euros going, what are the Arsenal fans on about? This guy has completely run the show against France. That is the levels that we're at where we've made an Arsenal fan, uh, a non-Arsenal fan believe that someone is much worse than he actually is because of our negativity on social media and because of the way we react to every single action and individual mistake. It's embarrassing. And listen, you can have opposite opinions and that is absolutely fine. Lots of you have different opinions to me and that is absolutely fine. But if you're going to tell me that you don't want Granite Xhaka at the club and that you don't think it's, um, you know, you don't think that it's right to offer him a new contract, that's absolutely fine. But explain why. I don't think Arsenal should keep hold of Granite Xhaka or offer him a new contract because I don't think he fits into the style of play. I don't think he'll take us forward. I don't think he's good enough, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he's, I think he lacks in this area. He lacks in that area. And, and some of you do that and fair play. But others, Granite Xhaka's shit. This club ain't going nowhere. I'm not going to support this club anymore if Granite Xhaka's still at the club. I don't give a shit about Arsenal anymore. We're never going to win anything. Granite Xhaka's the reason we haven't been in the Champions League for years. Embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Put Well thought out, constructive and well-made arguments on the table and people will listen and people will debate. And the real fans will debate and discuss properly. The moaners of this world, they'll just moan about anything. You know, they're the type of people that you ask them in the chip shop, do you want salt and vinegar on your chips? And you put them salt and vinegar and they say, you put me too much vinegar. Well, fucking do it yourself then. That That's the level uh, that we've got to where people are just so happy to moan about something. It's like, it's like their life revolves around moaning. It makes them feel good. And it drives me insane. Right. Uh, let's take a couple more questions um, before we go. Uh, Wal had, uh, where was it? He says, uh, you're doing the same thing, bashing the fans always. No, I'm not bashing the fans. I'm bashing the idiots within our fan base. It's different. Um, two very different things. It's not um, that I have an issue with people who don't rate certain players or who don't think that Mikel Arteta is the right manager. It's the way those opinions are put across that I think is horrible. Um, and I think the, and, and toxic and unnecessary. Alex James says, I'm a hypocrite. I'd love you to explain why. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to Banos. who's just signed up, uh, as a member. Thank you, uh, so, so much. Um, Steve Bandit says, uh, Harry, go ask a real hero, Thierry Omri, what he thinks about Xhaka. That's off the back of what Patrice Evra said, that Thierry Omri said behind closed doors in what he thought was a safe environment. And and this is the point. They, they, Steve, thank you for bringing this up because you've brought this up. This is a really, really important point here. Thierry Henry has influence over the Arsenal fan base because Thierry Henry is an Arsenal legend. Now, Thierry Henry, as a professional, doesn't rate Granit Xhaka, doesn't think he's very good, but Thierry Henry has never publicly come out and slagged off Granit Xhaka. Thierry Henry hasn't publicly come out and said, this guy is absolute shit. I don't want to see him in the team. Why? Because it's a, it's being responsible with the way you put your opinion across. Now, Thierry Henry as a pundit might say that Granit Xhaka made this mistake or he should have done that, but he won't come out ranting and raving about him. That point that came out 
about Thierry Henry having a go about Granit Xhaka was not meant for the public. That was Patrice Evra trying to get clout on TV by telling a story about a friend that he should never have been telling. He should never have been telling. Um, you know, it isn't something that, that should have been put out in the public domain. If it was, then Thierry Henry will be on Twitter after every game saying that himself, but he doesn't because he's got a responsibility, um, you know, as an Arsenal fan to, to, he can have his opinion, but to put that toxic kind of opinion out and, and to put it with no real thought behind it and just simply from rage, it doesn't work and it only causes negativity and that's why he's not done it. So that's a really good point, Steve. But, you know, Thierry Henry has his opinion on Granit Xhaka. Others do too. Thierry Henry ain't exactly the best coach in the world based on his career so far. And to me, while he's an Arsenal legend, I don't think I should be or, or anyone should be swayed solely by what he has to say. Anyway, um, Wandering Minstrel says that, Harry, do you think the social media has given... Uh, fuel to the toxic fan base. Yeah, I think it's more in the public domain now. You know, I think a lot of these conversations would have gone on in a pub after the game over a couple of beers and um, and and they wouldn't have gone any further than that. But now everybody's got a voice and that's absolutely fine. Uh, you know, but it's just, I don't think people understand the what it, what it does when we go OTT on certain things. And for all, even the people that um, that don't like Granite Xhaka, a lot of people that I know that have never rated Granite Xhaka, never wanted to see him in the Arsenal side, have acknowledged that he had a better season last season. So this is my point. Why can't we be a little bit measured in our view? Why can't we say, OK, he was better last season. I still don't think he's the right man for us moving forward, though. Therefore, I would prefer if Arsenal moved on for him uh, from him. Sorry. That's fine. That's a fair opinion to have. Why has it got to be either I love Granite Xhaka and I will hang, you know, from a rope for him or um, I hate him? Why can't there be an in-between? Why can't there be a middle ground? That's what frustrates me. And it's not just in football. It's in society nowadays. You you can't be in the middle on Brexit. You can't say, oh, I can see the positives and I can see the negatives. You have to be pro-Brexit or completely anti it. There's no room for people with a measured opinion anymore. It's just one extreme or the other. And it's really, really frustrating when it comes to Arsenal. We're not at the point yet where we know, you know, we expect the team to make progress this season, right? We all do. We all want to see the team make progress. Some of that will be achieved in the transfer market and some of that will be achieved on the training ground. Some of that will be achieved by some of our current players stepping up. Some of that will be achieved by Mikel Arteta learning and developing as a manager. We can't possibly know if Arsenal are going to be better next season or not at this point on the 30th of July before we've even played a competitive fixture. And it seems like at every turn, every corner, every opportunity, there is something for the fans to grab onto and make a big, big deal out of. And that drives me crazy. Uh, big thank you to Syed Abdullah for your very, very kind Super Chat donation, mate. Really, really uh, appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. Um, uh, let's see. We'll take one more um, one more comment and then we'll uh, we'll jump off. Um, I'm not even, there's some of the comments in there that are trying to wind me up. Um, again, people suggesting that I'm happy for Arsenal to, to be in eighth place. Absolute nonsense. Uh, Nico Moses says he's been driven crazy too. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, this is one from the opposite side. Let's take this one. Neil uh, Salesman says that no middle ground because our fans are so hurt. I'm frustrated about where we are as a club and compared to where we were. Keep up the good work, Harry. A balanced view is needed more. Yeah, look, I understand that people are hurt. I'm as hurt and as frustrated as anybody else. Um, and you know what? When I was just a fan, uh, as in I wasn't working in in sort of the world of football um, and covering Arsenal, it was a lot easier for me to switch off uh, from bad performances, from bad nights at the office and do something else and try at least and distract myself. Whereas now I can't because I live it every single day. I've got to talk about it, write about it every single day. And, um, you know, there is a lot of hurt there. There is a lot of pain there. But I just think sometimes that not just as a football fan, but in life, if you are always negative, then you start to become that. 
you start to, you know, you, how can you ever enjoy anything if you only ever look at the bad side of stuff? That's my issue. And for me, the great thing about football is there's always the next game. There's always the next season. And we are going into a new season. And so I don't want to see too much negativity. I want to, I don't mind seeing people disagree with certain decisions, but I don't want to see, um, I don't want to see OTT negativity around the season that hasn't even kicked off yet. If you're dreading the new season that much, then why are you going to go and watch Arsenal? Why are you going to give up your time to watch Arsenal? You know, there's got to be some positivity and some optimism, at least at the start of a new season. And and for me, it just seems like there are way too many people out there that just don't want to see it and uh, are not interested in it whatsoever. But anyway, we're going to leave it there. Uh, we're going to leave it there. And again, I've got carried away and battling back against some of the comments. I do apologise. But uh, we'll catch you all very, very soon with some more Arsenal content. We've got a video uh, dropping a little bit later on this evening, uh, which uh, talks about some of the uh, updates on the channel and on the podcast. We're going to be bringing you uh, some more content in the new season. And it was a little message of thanks from me on that video as well. So please do check it out. I think it premieres at either 7 or 8 p.m. UK time. So in a few hours time, turn your notifications on. Let's quickly check in where we are on the likes. Um, Hold on a second. Also, if you haven't already and you want to vote for us at the FCAs, uh, you can click on the link in the description uh, or you can tweet the message that is rolling across the bottom of the screen now. Uh, Click on the link. It's probably easier. Go into the best club creator con. category and if you want to of course if you feel that uh it's deserved then you can vote for the chronicles of aguna there i've seen plenty of you have done it already so a big thank you to all of you right let's see where we are in terms of likes we've got 170 likes on the videos over 350 of you watching live right now so let's try and get that um up to 200 at least um Let's see. Let's see. Lots of great comments coming in as well. And as Matt says, smash the like button. Alex says, uh, like if you hate Tottenham. That's a great one that Sophie on the Highbury squad uh, uses. Brilliant stuff. But thank you all uh, for listening to my ramblings once again. Whether you like Granite Xhaka, whether you don't, whether you like Mikel Arteta, whether you don't, I wish you all a great weekend and uh, take care. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.